Rely on the station with the most local sports talk in town. 92.3 The Fan. We missed the very beginning of the Kevin Stefanski interview, or press conference rather, but he did mention all the updates on injuries. Jakeem Grant, yes, done for the season. We're going to work on getting you this audio as well. We'll try to play it for you here in the final segment. Uh, Jordan Knusik, uh, multiple knee, multiple weak knee injury, and then uh, Marquise Goodwin. That was the big. That was the big headline before the Cade York question. Really, was that Marquise Goodwin is expected to come back off the non-football injury list, which likely means he's uh, he's good to go for Week One and makes this fifty-three man roster. So. We've gone from wondering whether or not Marquise Goodwin has a chance to play at all this season or if his career is even over. And now all of a sudden, uh, it sounds like he's going to be off the off the non-football injury list and ready to go for week one. So that's an interesting development for the Browns wide receiving core. They'll have to keep an eye on. We will circle back in the final segment here to the Cade York answer because, again, always the politician, Kevin Stefanski, not exactly instilling a lot of confidence in uh, his young kicker. With that said, though, we do want to go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline one last time. Week zero in college football yesterday. We got week one fast approaching. And to talk a little bit about the Ohio State and college football, we got a good friend, Brendan Gulick, back from his honeymoon. Brendan, how was the trip, my man? I know you guys had to call an audible because the, the fire's in Hawaii. I'm glad that uh, obviously you guys are safe and hopefully things are, uh, we obviously have many thoughts and prayers for everybody involved in that. But you got thrown a little bit of a wrench, and you made the most of it, it looked like. Yeah, thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. The wedding was great, and uh, uh, the honeymoon, you know, was was cool because we didn't really plan on doing what we did, and uh, I loved it. Um, we were supposed to go to Maui. We landed – I mean, literally, we were on the tarmac at LAX when, uh, you know, I, I got a text basically saying, hey, your flight's canceled because wow. wildfires in Maui. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Uh I, I didn't know what was going on. I opened Twitter and obviously saw what what was you know uh, going down there. So yeah, it was it was a it was a fun adventure. We drove to San Diego and back. Uh, stayed in San Diego for a few nights, and then we flew to Vegas. Went up through Death Valley National Park. Went to Yosemite. Went to Napa. Drove through the redwoods in Northern California. Went up the the coast in Oregon. Uh, made our way to toward uh, Portland, up to Mount Rainier National Park, and then flew home from Seattle. So it took a couple weeks to uh, kind of travel the country a little bit and go see the West Coast. It was cool. Yeah, sounds like my kind of trip, so I'm, I'm jealous of that for sure. Um, <laughs> How about this? My wife let me play golf four times on my honeymoon. Ah, uh, there the you go. That's how you know she's a keeper, Brendan. There you go. <laughs> Just wait till you have kids. Then you'll never get a chance to play golf. Yeah, that's we'll how see. it's been for me. <laughs> well, Brendan, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes here. Um Obviously, big week ahead for Ohio State. I know, obviously, with you being on your honeymoon, you haven't been in, in tune with everything going on surrounding the team right now. But the biggest thing, of course, is the quarterback competition between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. I've kind of been saying people are freaking out about this, and they're like, it's going into the last week of, the, of training camp, and how could they possibly not have a decision now? And they think it, it means like it's this ominous thing for the season ahead. But I've kind of been saying, like, look around. Like, Nick Saban hasn't picked a quarterback yet. And I also just don't really worry that much about Ryan Day with quarterbacks. Like I think as long as he's here, they're gonna have they're gonna be just fine at that position. What, what are your vibes and what are you kind of picking up on surrounding this quarterback competition right now? I think uh, Ohio State is going to be just fine. I 
I'm not surprised they haven't publicly named a quarterback. I'm not convinced at all that they don't know who their guy is. Um, Mm. I think the transfer portal era of college football has changed things so dramatically that the moment that Ryan Day or Nick Saban or any other coach comes out and says, okay, this is our guy, you know, for better or for worse, man, some of these, some of the college athletes nowadays mentally are a little fragile and I'm not, I'm not singling anybody out. I'm not talking about Kyle McCord or Devin Brown or anybody else. We so often see guys jump in the portal if they don't win a job and it is as hard right now, in my opinion, to build a roster that is competitive in the long term, um, especially under the expectations Ohio State has set on themselves, frankly. It's so hard to do that that you can't afford to have guys jump in the portal if they don't win jobs. And, you know, Kyle McCord probably is seen as the incumbent here because he's been in the program longer. Um Frankly, I love Kyle. I wanted him to win the job a couple of years ago instead of, uh, of CJ. Maybe that says what I know about quarterback play. I, <laughs> I think Kyle McCord, uh, I truly in my heart believe he's going to be an NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be a first-round draft pick, but I think the kid's going to play in the NFL. He's really smart. He works his butt off. He's got all the intangibles. He's a really good player. I don't, I don't know that he'd be a star but I think he is absolutely a, he's like a Brian Hoyer type NFL prospect in my opinion. Um, Devin Brown has a unique skill set for sure, but he's young and he doesn't know the offense as well as Kyle does. And Ryan Day keeps coming out and saying, look, we just want consistency at the position. Both guys have, have shown some flashes of really good play and both have made some mistakes. I think the coaching staff knows who they're going to go with first and they're trying as hard as they can to keep both of these guys as competitive as possible so that one of them doesn't jump in the portal. That's, that's my vibe on the situation. Yeah, it's a really good read on it. And some really good, uh, some really good perspective on the whole, with the, just the landscape of college football in general. I think that's a good point. Brendan Gulick, again, our good friend colleague here at the station also covers Ohio state for Buckeyes. Now part of the fan nation network at SI. Now, uh, what should fans expect in year two of Jim Knowles' defense? Because I was reading up on how year two of his system tends to go really, really well for the programs he's been at. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of excitement around that that side of the ball right now, um, especially on the pass rush. I mean, the last couple of years, we've seen some glimpses of good pass rush, but, you know, it wasn't the Bosa era or or the Chase Young kind of pass rush before Knowles got there. Uh, and there there have been some frustrations with defensive line play the last couple of years. Um, even though maybe the, the secondary gets a little bit more of the spotlight there. I, I think Ohio State's pass rush this year is going to be nasty. And I'm excited to see how, um, you know, Tommy Eichenberg goes out and plays after a really, really good year last year where he probably could have gone to the NFL. Uh, I think Tommy wants to try to get a little faster. And, you know, he's feeling like he's got something left to prove. Uh, he's a Cleveland kid. I'll always root for him. That's awesome. Um, I love the leadership on that side of the ball. You know, there's obviously, they they took a huge step forward last year without question from where they were two years ago. But ultimately in the Georgia game and in the Michigan game, big plays were still, you know, their Achilles heel. And, And you just, you put yourself in such a difficult position to try and come back and win games if you're giving up huge chunk plays. 
Um, and they've got a, they've got another challenging schedule. I mean, it's you know I know they're playing Youngstown State and Western Kentucky, and those shouldn't be that difficult. But you're opening in the Big Ten, and yeah, they're a huge favorite against Indiana. But the reality is, Indiana finds a way to play Ohio State tough at times. Mm. Um, and you got to play a Notre Dame team that I know Navy's not very good, but Notre Dame looked pretty good yesterday. Sam Hartman looked really solid. Uh, and unlike last year, where neither team had tape on each other going into week one, you're going to have three games to, you know, get under your belt to game plan for that big game in South Bend. So, you know, Ohio State doesn't have a ton of time to get this right. And obviously the Notre Dame game is the the game everybody's going to be keeping their eye on here on the, the beginning of the schedule. But uh, I love I love where the defense is at. I think they've got good veteran players. I, I can't wait to watch their pass rush. Um, I think the secondary should be better than they were last year. A few more minutes here, Brendan Gulick. I guess I kind of want to pick your brain here on just the expansion conversation and everything that's going on with that. Big Ten obviously adding this this uh, this sort of offseason. Uh, USC into the mix. We know Oregon and Washington are coming along with UCLA, and that sort of starts next year along with the just playoff expansion and all these different things. For me, I, I understand the traditionalist in me wants to see things kind of stay as they are, but this is also just the direction that college football is going. So where what are your thoughts on just the direction that this whole thing is kind of moving in terms of these conferences becoming mega conferences? I am really worried that we're going to – I mean, maybe worried is not the right way to say it. We're, we're going to wake up here in a couple of years, and college football is not going to look anything like it did three years ago. It, in, in a lot of ways, it already doesn't. Um, I kind of wonder what the future of the NCAA is as an institution. I, I'm not sure – how much longer they're going to be relevant as it, as it pertains to college football and all of the revenue is generated in football at some point, if you don't have the NCAA as a governing body for some of this stuff, what happens to other sports? Um, and, and maybe people don't on the grand scheme, maybe, maybe a lot of fans don't care about that, but there's a lot of people that do care about soccer and volleyball and baseball and, and softball and lacrosse. I mean, those are, those are meaningful, you know, opportunities for kids to go earn college scholarships and go compete. Um, I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of those sports at Ohio state. And there's some really talented athletes that are coming from all over the place because they want an education at a place like Ohio state. And I am a little concerned about what college football is going to look like in a couple of years, because I don't know that the NCAA is going to continue to be relevant. It's going to become a, you know, what appears to be a semi-professional league. Um, the players are trying to figure out ways to make money. If you're, if you're Marvin Harrison jr, that's pretty easy, right? But if you're the third string offensive tackle at Ohio state, you're probably not bringing in the same NIL dollars. Um, I, I, I don't love where it's going. I haven't made that a secret. It frustrates me. I, I'm a traditionalist the way you just said it there. I I am disappointed with how some of the things are changing in college football. But, you know, for people that love Ohio State or love the game itself, they'll still find ways to, to enjoy it. But I think it's going to look really different here in the years to come. He's Brendan Gulick, a colleague of ours here at the station, a friend. He is, of course, covering Ohio State once again this year. 
for Buckeyes Now, part of the Fan Nation Network on SI Now. Brendan, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes here. Obviously, this this goes without saying, but we'll obviously have you on throughout the season to catch up on all things Ohio State. But I'll let you go back and uh, try to get yourself motivated after your your long trip. I know that that's always the worst part, right? Is getting yourself motivated again after a long vacation. <laughs> you got to figure out a way to dive back in, and thankfully the to do list is long enough that it's a little overwhelming. So you got to start. Uh, but in the meantime, for folks that want to listen to, to Ohio State uh, content, I mean, first of all, BuckeyesNow.com, we've got a ton of content, um, you know, four or five stories a day that are being posted on the site. Uh, and the Buckeye Breakdown podcast streams live on YouTube and is also available wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. Um, we'll be live at 7 a.m. Uh, each morning uh, during the week talking about games and different guests. Got a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool stuff lined up, so hope people will join that along the way. Yeah, it's a great place to get all high, all your Ohio State content, so be sure to head over there and follow Brendan on Twitter as well, at BrendanGulick22. All right, Brendan, appreciate you, brother. We'll do it again soon. Take care. Thanks, Spence. See you, bud. Brendan Gulick, good stuff from him. Getting you ready for week one of the Ohio State football season next week. 